0: You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Hi, Lauren here, Education Editor at Campus Review. Today I spoke with Stephanie Shura, an Associate Professor in the School of Economics at the University of Sydney. She's just done some research into university and whether it develops people's social skills. And yes, it does. Listen to the podcast for more. So just to begin with, I understand that this study was based on data from the HILDA survey? This is correct. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that that was a self-reported survey and therefore did that in any way influence its results? Is that in any way a limitation?
1: So personality traits are traditionally always self-assessed data. So we, we looked at five particular personality traits that are uh, measured via the big five inventory. It's a very standard, most common instrument to uh, measure individual's personality or personal style. So there's nothing special about this or nothing problematic about this. There's a um, um, this is commonly individuals are being asked um, to rank themselves to agree with certain statements with certain adjectives about their personality, and that has been you know these instruments have been refined over 50 years of research. So, in to this respect, I don't think this is problematic as such, but I would like to put a caveat on this because there are there is of course a small literature now looking at whether the secondary or the tertiary education sector can change um, personality traits or certain skills. And some studies on the secondary um, education sector did indeed find that certain schools do not have any impact on students' conscientiousness or grit. And what these researchers believe is happening is that maybe as children go through a specific school with a specific curriculum, they may change the way how they assess their personality so that their reference changes. And as a consequence, they may downgrade their own assessments. And so you, you would not see that anything actually has changed, even though something may have changed. So what we do think um, is, if anything, we find an underestimate.
0: What were you comparing these university people against?
1: So we, what we have done is we have identified it's very clearly children or adolescents who entered the university track and stayed there for at least one year. As comparison are those adolescents who either dropped out very quickly, that was a small proportion in our sample, uh, from, you know, in the first year of the university, but predominantly these were children who opted for alternative tracks, so they would do um, an apprenticeship or get a certificate, or do in fact nothing.
0: There were five traits that were measured so I'll just name them. They were extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, emotional stability, and openness to experience. Were all of them found to have increased? No, they have not. So we did find, on average, very strong and very um,
1: consistent results in extroversion, which we call really it's a very strong sociability skill. And that was equally true for boys and girls and across the socioeconomic spectrum. And we did find that agreeableness increased, agreeableness scores increased for um, adolescents from more disadvantaged socioeconomic backgrounds. But otherwise, we did did not find anything on openness, conscientiousness, and emotional stability.
0: Just zoning in on one of those particular characteristics, extroversion, I guess it was kind of, implied that the enhancement of this was necessarily a good thing. Could there be any question about whether it is always a good thing? Because my understanding is that now the opposite of that, which is introversion, is being valued more and more.
1: I think I have
0: two comments for this. On the one hand,
1: what we do see is that um, in other studies that extroversion has definitely a return in the labour market. Extroverted individuals tend to earn more. It may also be that they self-select into specific occupations where they may make more money. But there's definitely um, a relatively high individual return towards that. There is also extroverted individuals tend to be able to speak up in public, tend to express what they would like to have. Um, Very often they are in leader positions, in leadership positions, because they can express what they uh, what they mean uh, more at ease. Of course, um, you are right, there are certain professions where introverts are much more needed. So I, I would not like to advocate that a society should only exist of, of extroverts, very clearly. And there's in certain professions introverts are much more uh, in need. And only because you are introverted does not mean that you're not giving any you know, any benefits to society. That's not what we're saying. But what we do see is that the social returns for individuals are extroverts tend to do better in society.
0: Yeah, and I guess that could just be because society is structured in a way that rewards those kinds of personalities. But I, I guess that's a separate point.
1: Yeah, there is another argument that you could say that extroverts could be problematic, because what psychologists are now trying to differentiate is A, sociability versus dominance. So in extroverts, the measurements that we have, um, there could be either someone who's very dominant, you know, someone who's um, dominating a conversation, for instance, in public. And that is not always positive. But then there are these sociability skills, people who like to come together in, you know, being active in social clubs, in who volunteer uh, in clubs. That is, I think, a good thing. And um, extroverts are more likely to do these types of activities.
0: How pronounced were the differences between uh, the results in those who had versus hadn't attended? Yeah,
1: they're, they're huge, the effects. And by, by huge, I mean is. So we always um, express these findings in terms of standard deviations away from the mean. But uh, for instance, these extroversions, they're about 0.3 standard deviations away from the mean. So someone who goes to university, um, independent from their background, tends to score 0.3 standard deviations larger from the mean than someone who does not go to university. That's a pretty big finding, and for a if you compare someone from the pretty much the left-hand tail of the socioeconomic uh, status distribution. So we looked here at parental occupation, for instance. And if you compare two children who come from the same type of um, more disadvantaged family and you move this one of them into university, that person will score after university over uh, 0.2 standard deviations more than the mean. So you could sometimes as an express, of 20% uh, above the mean.
0: So going back to those demographic differences in the results that you mentioned a bit earlier, uh, can you just talk a bit more about them and also perhaps offer an explanation as to why those differences exist?
1: You mean for agreeableness?
0: Yes. Yeah, so that
1: is a very interesting... This is really a very interesting finding. And in order to understand that finding, you need to look at where these individuals are starting before they go to university, because we observe these these skills of the children before they go to university. And the children from uh, very low, from disadvantaged backgrounds, they tend to start with the lowest level of agreeableness. And that is similar to disadvantaged adolescents who will never go to university. They start roughly at the same agreeableness level. Whereas adolescents from relatively privileged backgrounds start university already at a very high level of agreeableness. So now what is happening over these three measurement periods that we have is that those adolescents who go to university, they tend they they are on a very steep trajectory on agreeableness. Whereas those comparable Adolescents from low SES who do not go to university, they stay constant. And so this is first what is driving this result. But second, what we thought is that for um, adolescents from less advantaged backgrounds, university changes their social environment the most. Many of these uh, adolescents come from uh, families where they may be even the first in their family to go to university. So the university environment is a very different environment on average um, for these um, adolescents than for adolescents from more privileged backgrounds, where maybe even those parents have a university degree. And so we think that they're exposed to a more different environment, and that is why they they may change more in their behaviours, in this particular behavior of agreeableness.
0: And I think you mentioned that one of the traits was more prevalent in males than females.
1: Yeah, that is generally a finding that we always find that um, women are in, tend to be more agreeable on these scales than men are. And that, um, that is also what we observe in the data, but that has been known for, for a very long time. This is a very general result in the literature.
0: So how sort of significant are these findings and will they have any wider implications? What
1: motivated our research was the, the criticism in the, mainly in the media to say that universities are no longer teaching the right skill sets. You know, that universities, they just focus on academic skills. And um, it brings individuals only individual returns, you know, in terms of higher income over the life cycle. And then we thought, maybe this is not right. You know, maybe universities do teach specific skills that society cares about. And uh, we had initially, our hypothesis was that university teaches conscientiousness and openness to new experiences. That's what we a priori anticipated to find. And we didn't find anything like this. But now we are showing that universities, at least Australian universities, uh, are boosting some of these skills, that these sociable, uh, sociability skills, uh, and also these skills to, you know, agreeableness is a skill where you say, you know, people stick to rules and they they are not seeking conflict in social situations. They can stick to rules. They can agree to certain rules and they can uh, agree to other people. And that's a very important social skill. And if this is what the university is helping to build, this will ultimately build also a better society. And so these findings are very important because the university does not only help young people to get a better paid job, it also helps the society to create people who are kind.
0: That sort of covers everything I wanted to ask. Is there anything else that you would like to add?
1: Yeah, I would like to add two things. These extroversion results, they have to be understood in light of what common trends occur over the life cycle in extroversion. Because what we observe with um, adolescents is that, ado- so extroversion scores peak in adolescence. So when you look at any, you know, age distribution... The age distribution of extroversion, you would always find that adolescents, you know, around age 15, 16, they score the highest. And as individuals go over the life course, the extroversion scores, they are just dropping. People become less and less sociable. And this may be very intuitive. And what university does is not that it increases these levels. You know, it's not that university education increases these levels um, in adolescence it rather buffers this decline. So what you see is everyone declines who doesn't go to university, but those children who do go to university, they just decline much less in that score. So it's really a buffer. It's a bit like an extension of your adolescent years. That's how you can see that. And um, a second bit I wanted to tell you is when you, in order to understand these magnitudes of the effect then it's something important to understand. So in adolescence and in young adulthood, these personality traits are relatively stable. So we have done quite a lot of research on the stability of personality traits in adolescence, in young adulthood, middle, middle age and up until later age. And you see very small variations in these. And even people who experience severe life events These personality traits are no longer shifting a lot. So what we see now with these, the magnitude of the effects that we assign, they're really large in comparison. So this is not just only a a tiny, small effect. Personality traits and also cognitive ability um, on children can can change quite dramatically more. So when you look at very famous interventions um, that help children, for instance, to go to preschool, disadvantaged children, they usually find um, some effects on socio-emotional skills or on cognitive abilities of almost one standard deviation. But that's when the treatment is roughly when these kids are three years of age or four years of age. So our findings have to be understood really relative to what is possible for a particular age group. One other thing that's what I forgot to say about these sociability skills. There are studies on well-being that show that People who are more sociable are happier, they're more satisfied with their lives. And you know, even if you wouldn't find that, people who are more sociable earn higher wages, um, although we do find this in the literature, you could still argue that people who are more sociable and, uh, and as a consequence um, are maybe also willing to participate more in social activities, they lead happier lives. So, certainly this is a very strong argument for finding our results significant from a societal perspective. And look, the—I mean, you can always imagine what is happening with young people who do not go to university and start an apprenticeship. So for them, adolescence stops or childhood stops much earlier. You know, the childhood where they can trial out things, where they're encouraged to speak up their opinion and where they are challenged to think deeply about things. So as so outside university, I think this type of you know, trial and error and learn while you play stops very rapidly. And I think um, that is why we are finding the results that we are finding because childhood is a little bit extended in university. Even though you know, it's quite painful to go through exams and learning and studying and being maybe away from home uh, for the first time. But it's, um, it's extending this, this play time a little bit longer in your life.